Hello and welcome to the Life Enchanted podcast. We're on a mission to optimize our lives through faith, health, wisdom, and much more. Thank you for joining us on our journey. Here now is our host, Nick Carlisle. What is good, my beautiful friends? Nick Carlisle here, ex-high school teacher turned holistic life coach and podcaster. Welcome to Life Enchanted. I hold my master's degree in education, and that is exactly the purpose of this podcast, to help educate you about all things faith, health, interesting, and optimizing. If you haven't already, go check out my Instagram, at nick.carlisle, that is. I am very active on there and would love to connect with you personally. Also, please consider leaving a rating and review of this podcast on whatever platform you're using. That helps me grow the show and spread the word. And lastly, I have a free 25-page wellness guide on my website that I think you'll find a ton of value in. Feel free to download yours at www.mylifeenchanted.com connect. With that said, let's get into the episode. Today's guest, my friends, is the wizard J.K. Molina. J.K. is an entrepreneur, social media strategist, and internet marketing coach. And if you are in that world, my friend, you are going to get a ton out of this episode. We talk about how to grow your social media accounts, how to monetize them, how to navigate DM conversations, pricing strategies, mindset, and a lot more. There is a ton in here for you to digest and apply, and I'm stoked that he was able to come on. So without further ado, here is my interview with J.K. Molina. First things first, huge month, January 2023 for J.K. Molina. Please inform the listeners what has gone down recently, dude. Yeah, so uh, I just opened up my OnlyFans. So if you want to join, well, that's what we're here to promote. <laughs> I was not expecting yeah, that. Let's go. We're just, yeah, I launched the OnlyFans, so look me up. No, man, it's uh, we could finally announce the sale of our startup, uh, which is Tweet Hunter. Somebody bought Tweet Hunter for $1.4 million. That was Lempire. And, um, and yeah, that's what happened. So we announced it this week. So congrats, dude. That's awesome. Talk to us about your story, man. Yeah, born and raised in Guatemala and uh, kind of started the entrepreneurial journey in 2017 or so. And what I did was I sold perfume door to door. That was like my first business, right? Because I remember my high school teacher used to sell perfume and he said he was making good money from it and I wanted to try it. So I started mm-hmm. knocking on doors selling perfume. Then I started selling uh, shirts door to door as well, trying to make that happen. When I got into college, that was like 2018. That's when I started as a freshman. I um, I realized that there was like this like suboptimal way of tracking some like internship hours at school. So that's when I, with a friend, he was a programmer. We tried to code an app. Well, he tried to code the app. I tried to sell it. Mm. And we we got a little bit of money from that, like 1,000, 1,500 bucks, something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's when COVID hits, right? 2020, and everybody kind of gets locked down. 
And you know how when you're like kind of bored, all you do is like you just lay in bed and you just like switch for the same three apps for like an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of them was Twitter. And um, I saw people just making bank on Twitter and I liked it. And I saw that people were selling books and info products and thought it might be interesting, right? I started selling mm -hmm. logos that I flipped on Fiverr. So you paid like eight bucks or seven bucks for the logo on Fiverr because you paid five plus a $2 fee. I still remember. Mm. And then I could sell those for $15 on Twitter, right? <laughs> with PayPal. So I was, I was flipping my way into, into $7, right? Hustling, dude. Hustling. Yeah. Like I had to find a way, you know, because yeah, I liked yeah. it. You know, it was like, I said people making money. And that was like kind of the cool thing about starting because nobody knows who you are. Nobody cares who you are. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, might as well try. I had a call today on, on my community and somebody said, you know what, man, I'm like kind of scared of failing. That's why I'm not building the Twitter account uh, to grow the business. And I asked them, well, how much money are you making on this business? And he's like, zero. I'm like, dude, then what are you afraid of f***ing up? <laughs> like you, you, you're by definition already f***ing by not trying yeah. worst case right? you are where you currently are yeah it's like what's the worst thing that happens your business goes to zero mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. you're already at zero what are you afraid of yeah yeah so that was uh that was something that happened today but yeah my first like uh, business that brought me some money that i could actually use was ghostwriting because i saw mm. a tweet by this guy named lawrence king and Lawrence is a great guy, love him. And one day on Twitter, he posted uh, a Gillette tweet. So Gillette, like the razor company, has like 130,000 followers. And if you check their likes, they get like three or four likes per post. It's, it's horrible. Mm -hmm. And then uh, he essentially said that Gillette social media manager is getting paid $80,000 a year to get three to four likes per tweet. And I was getting paid $250 a month as a VA. So essentially he said, imagine how much they would pay you if you didn't suck at your job. Mm. I know that, that makes sense, right? That, that mm -hmm. makes a ton of sense. And um, I bought this course and the course was about copywriting, but the real value from it, from Tej Dosa's course for me was the outreach portion of it. Said It, it said, well, if you have an offer and you have a service you want to offer people, well, just send them DMs, right? Talk to more people, mm -hmm. which is what I did. I started DMing a ton of people on Twitter, like made a list and just, mm -hmm. I just woke up, sit on my computer, send uh, DMs. And it was just telling people, hey, I'll write for you. I'll write for you. I'll write for you. Mm -hmm. And a bunch of people said no, but one, one said yes. And uh, after he said yes, I started getting him as a client then a, a few other clients. And that's where Tweet Hunter comes in. Mm, got you. Let's rewind back to the perfume and the shirts for a second, dude. The art of sales, man. As I left education and got into the entrepreneurial world and started building my own business, I encountered sales, right? Like you, you have to sell products in order to have a business, right? Especially for me, I sell a service and I've never been trained in sales. I studied business management in, in college, but you know, my mind was elsewhere in those days. But 
What did you Where was learn? It? Oh, everywhere it shouldn't have been. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just live it at that. We'll keep it PG. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. People can go back a couple episodes to my full testimony that I gave and get the, the full color there. Uh, um, there you go. Yeah. What did you learn about sales when uh, you were doing the perfume and t-shirt hustling? That's the first time somebody's asked that, actually. That's, that's a good one. Yeah, so... It was kind of weird, man, because I started just going and knocking on people's doors and saying, hey, I got this lemon perfume and peach and apple perfume. And it was just it, it, just a weird feeling because mm-hmm. right? I wasn't I wasn't used to that like level of vulnerability. Like I always try to keep everything very tight, which is like I grew up very like insecure and I'm still insecure in some ways. Right. But mm-hmm. if you ask anybody from a high school, like they'll tell me like I was this like chubby, insecure kind of a guy like just not fun to hang out around and um it's just weird because i wasn't used to that and it was really hard because just knocking on doors and going and facing rejection that that was bad but like i don't know i, I think i saw a gary v video back mm-hmm. then that said if you keep building skills there are, is a point in which you cannot lose because you eventually get get good at it right Mm -hmm. so there's a few things that got like hardwired into my brain from like the pain of cold cold like uh, door-to-door sales which was it's just a numbers game right i realized that there's this many doors and i knock on like 50 today maybe i'll close one and that's good well what if tomorrow i'll just do it again and and then again and then again so the numbers game was huge and Mm. at some point i i kind of got discouraged and I started kind of just doing not what I needed to do and not selling. So what I would do is I would like take cover in books and I would like buy these books on selling, like Spank Selling, Way of the Wolf and all these things. And I would read them, but I would never go out and practice them and telling myself I was doing something. Mm-hmm. Then I got into a marketing internship and the boss I had was incredible at sales. He could come in a room full of like 10 people who all knew they he was there to sell them and he would control the frame immaculately to like everybody would just listen to him he comes in with a pitch he comes out with the money he was great at what he did Hmm. and um i wanted to learn from him right so i just asked him a bunch of advice over the years but i never put it into practice until one day he really said like i was asking him something it's like shut up like one day I'm going to make you put those books down and make you go out to talk to people because that's what you need. Mm. And I remember like, well, that's harsh. Right. But it reminded me of the perfume days and it was true. I just needed to like kind of get, get over myself and start like stop being such a bitch (laughs) and actually talk to people, you know? So Mm -hmm. that was, that was the biggest takeaway from, from the perfume thing and, and selling door to door is, um, most of your sales problems is one being a bitch and not wanting to call more people, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was big for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Awesome, man. So let's get into Twitter, dude. And first I'd love for you to just kind of clear the air with Twitter, because I think a lot of people have this misconception that, that Twitter is just like, you know, a place for celebrities and these, and these pithy one-liners and stuff like that. Clear the air for us, man. Yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you what Twitter's not for. So, Twitter is not so much if you're like a perfectionist and trying to get the content right all the time. I'd say YouTube and Instagram is a great platform for that, I would say. Um, Twitter is also 
not for you if you're trying to sell like cheaper things. In my opinion, I'd rather sell more expensive things. But Twitter's for you is you're looking for clients or networks. I feel like those are the biggest things Twitter offers, right? Mm. So there's politics Twitter and you know drama Twitter, which is like <laughs> you ever watch The Lion King yeah. and like Simba asks uh, his dad like, hey, like what is that over there? Like the dark side? He's like, we don't go over there. That's not our territory, right? <laughs> kind of like this. That's politics Twitter. I'm like, we don't go over there. That's that's not that's not our thing. <laughs> then there's the other cool side of Twitter, right? It's uh, like startups. It's also people with agencies, people looking for clients, uh, info products, stuff like that. That's the cool side of Twitter. And mm. that's the one I really enjoy. Yeah. And like what I really wanted to do with the Tweet Hunter thing is we didn't get as much money as as we wanted, right? Or as I wanted, nearly. We weren't close. But we did exit a company for seven figures, mm -hmm. right? And like, I wanted to use that as a point to prove to people, like Twitter isn't a place for drama. It's like a place to do business. There's mm -hmm. a lot of people with money. Even though the, the quantity is lower, the quantity of users is lower, the quality is just ridiculous. Like you'll find, the other day I found this guy had a thousand followers and he was tweeting about poker. Like that, that's all he talked about, just just poker. Mm -hmm. And I he DM'd me and we started talking. Turns out, dude owns a nine-figure Amazon clothing brand. I had no clue. Right. Mm -hmm. I met this accountant. He had 900 followers. It's an accountant, like the most boring business in the world. Mm -hmm. It's this account, 900 followers. Dude was making thirty thousand dollars a month with 900 followers. Mm -hmm. What the hell? Right, like how how does that work? Yeah. So that's not uncommon on Twitter, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is why I really like the network aspect of it. I met my co-founders on Twitter, and we've never met in real life. So mm -hmm. it's more for networks and client acquisition, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome, I love that. Talk to me about like if, if someone's getting on Twitter and they're starting from ground zero and they want to start building from there. What are the strategies to start accumulating some followers? Are we talking retweets, hashtags, follow, follow back type stuff? Or how would you consult someone to start growing their audience? Yeah, good call. So I had to make this shift, which is what I base my motto and like mantra as, which is likes in cash. So that operates from the truth that you don't need a lot of followers to make money. So mm -hmm. the first thing I'd say is, What's your goal? Like, do you want a lot of followers or do you want a lot of money? For most mm -hmm. people listening, I'd say it's money. So I'll talk to those people. Yeah. And there's like two ways to go about this Twitter thing. And it's kind of like dating. So there's always the dude that, let's say two dudes like a girl, right? One dude is always liking and commenting and like just acting friendly with the girl, but never really makes them move, you mm -hmm. know? So the girl kind of just gets tired of it. She's like, you know what, dude, whatever, right? And then there's the other dude that's direct. That's just like, hey, I think we vibe. Let's go out. Mm. Simple, right? Straightforward, right? Like, I believe that approach works better for Twitter. So mm -hmm. there's two ways to go about it. There's, in my opinion, the wrong way. And then there's the right way. The wrong way is to build an audience and then launch an offer. Like that's standard. Like I'm going to build the audience and then I'm going to sell them something. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other approach, which I prefer, which is I will build an offer based on what I'm already good at. And I'm going to build my audience around it. 
right? Mm. That's what I really like because then you're upfront about your intentions. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows you're selling something. So yeah, you don't really need much to get sale. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to making people feel like manipulated, like, okay, they're following me. They're liking these things, blah, 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 blah. And then they're going to hit me with this offer. Like I knew all of that stuff they were doing was going to lead to something as opposed to being upfront, being honest upfront with what you're doing and being genuine and authentic and actually providing something, hopefully that, that truly adds value. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is I, I'd rather go the direct approach. And it also, like the way I think about it, people feel like they need to build authority before they sell a service. Whereas I think it's the opposite. It's mm. the quality of your service that builds your authority. Mm-hmm. Because I remember I launched this guy. It was a client acquisition guy. And dude, I was proud of that thing. I put a lot of work in that and I was really proud of it. And I sent it out for free. And like nobody said anything. They're just like, oh, cool guy. Thanks. Right. Yeah. Then I put a $300 price tag on it. You could only buy it. And after I put the price tag, people were telling me that's the best course they've read on Twitter because people don't mm-hmm. value it free. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's by charging people for something that they t- start taking you seriously, in my opinion. Totally. So yeah, I'm a life coach. And for my services, it's like the, the higher the price, the more engaged, the more skin in the game they have, the more they're going to do the work, the more they're going to show up to the calls, the more they're going to pay attention to what you say, right? Like there's something to be valued there. I once heard a story of a lady in New Mexico. I think this was actually in um, $100 million offers, or maybe it was in The Way of the Wolf, but of a woman selling these, she couldn't sell these turquoise stone necklaces in from her jewelry shop and someone she hired a consultant to come in there and he came in and they upped the price by like 10x and she sold out that week because the people coming through are like holy moly these things are five grand they must be you know such and such and such and such i'm you know these are exclusive and rare but they're the exact same thing that she had a week before (laughs) yeah and the trip comes when you realize that the paid stuff and the free stuff uh, are not that different. So <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, yeah, like for example, you've had this, you have clients. Sometimes people will pay you just to repeat the lessons you give away for free at them. Yeah. You, you, right? That happens. Yes. So yeah. Yes. And it's because like people giving money, just paying for it, it's kind of giving themselves permission to act. Mm-hmm. which is why I'm I'm huge. Like I'm big on really giving stuff away for free, like a lot for free because then people will come back because when you give all the details away for free and like you, you really like dedicate it and show them everything, mm-hmm. they'll realize how complex the thing you do is and how much work went into it. So then the real like value, like high value customers, what they'll do is they'll realize, well, okay, I get how much work comes into this. And even though all the secrets are in front of me, I'd rather pay you to do it for or with me Mm. because they understand how much nuance there is to it, how much detail there is to it, and they'll pay you for that. And the way I like to summarize it is if you give the sauce away for free, people will pay you to cook it for them. (laughs) 
That's so good, dude. And again, opposite, man, of what like people think. I mean, my intuition tells me like, don't give away all the good stuff, you know, like don't give away the, the in-depth stuff, the completely nuanced stuff. Right. But what I hear you saying and what I've heard other people say as well is like, give it all away, show them everything because what they are going to understand and see in that is like, dang, his free stuff is that good. His free stuff is that good. Like what else does he have on deck? You know, like if if he's giving away his free stuff, then the a thousand dollar stuff must be incredible, but then you just hit him with the exact same stuff and just go into depth with it and apply it to their unique context, and that's where the value lies. Yeah, Alex uh, from Rosie calls it "give away the secrets, sell the implementation," and mm. the way yeah, I, I like that. I I still don't understand it completely, so I use the sauce example. So yeah, 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 <laughs> sue me, right? <laughs> but my um, my thinking is this, man. So. This the things that are public today were secrets three months ago. The mm. secrets that were public three months ago were secrets six months ago, right? Mm. So, like the stuff you give away is gonna be public anyway. Your secret sauce, the methods. Eventually, you're gonna teach it to somebody. They're gonna teach it to someone else, and they're they're just gonna end up being public in the internet anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. people are going to learn them, they might as well learn them from you mm-hmm. because then they'll attribute it to you. People are, I found that our memory mm-hmm. is surprisingly grateful for information we didn't know. For example, the other day I learned that if you eat a little bit of salt before you sleep, that prevents you from waking up peeing at night. Dude, that's like the best invention in history, right? I didn't know that, right? Yeah. So Alex taught me that. I don't know why, but like mm-hmm. I still remember Alex and I associated to it. This guy, Nate Schmidt on, on Twitter, he mentioned the other day, I don't know, if, I think it was him. So if you go to like Chipotle, right? And if you want double portions of chicken, like you don't ask for a double portion straight away. They put one and then you ask for it because then they can fuck around because they gave you a big spoonful on the first one. <laughs> yeah now i'm telling this and people listening to it will remember me as the guy who said it so um and i didn't i don't take credit for the chipotle meal hacks right but (laughs) you you get my point people are very grateful for new information they haven't found before so if you have secrets and they work because you have proof they have worked with your clients or for yourself then give them away Mm -hmm. because eventually people will start like thinking about you when mm-hmm. things related to this come up and when the problem comes up because you are top of mind then you will come up as the obvious solution and by the time that happens they're pretty much right to buy and they will mm-hmm. buy from you because you unlike everybody else gave it away quick pause my friends to shout out the sponsor of this show carbon california and my goodness do i love me some carbon california i'm becoming more and more intrigued and interested by the minimalist lifestyle which is difficult in this western materialistic suburbia world that i personally inhabit so it's becoming more and more intriguing to me steve jobs famously wore the same outfit every day so that he could quote minimize decision fatigue And I think there's a lot of wisdom there. So I'm starting the process. The first place was my closet. Enter Carbon California. I wanted to find some shirts that were durable, that fit well, that looked good, that were versatile. 
and I found them. These are the holy grail of t-shirts that I've come across so far. They're only sold in one location in person, and that's in Carmel-by-the-Sea in Monterey, California. That's where I first saw them. They also have a website, carbon-california.com. These shirts are handmade in California. They are beautiful, all sorts of earth tones. I wear them to church. I wear them to dates. And I'm just planning on taking care of these shirts for the rest of my life and never wearing anything else. I have only worn these shirts for the last three weeks since I've had them. And you know that feeling when you are looking forward to the cup of coffee the next morning? I have that same feeling with these shirts. I go to sleep looking forward to putting another one of these on because they are just that crisp and comfy and awesome. I don't have a discount code for you. I don't have a deal for you. They are what they are. They're expensive, but they are well worth it, my friends. Check out the website, carbon-california.com. Ladies, your man will dig these shirts. Men, you will dig these shirts. They are amazing. They fit well. I love them. Again, I could not say enough good things, so go check them out. All right, guys, back to the show. So let's make this real practical and actionable for me. I'm going to take advantage of this time I got with J.K. Molina here. As a life coach, I mostly coach Christians who have these goals, aspirations, dreams, whether they're health goals, vocational goals, relational goals, etc. But people who want more, who are kind of just stuck in, in what my coach calls the miserable maybe, right? They just want more. Mm. If I was going to take to Twitter to enhance my business... What would you suggest I do with that context? And my goals would be to accumulate, I mean, my end goal would be to have a few high ticket clients who are professionals, Christians, looking to level up in, in every aspect of their life. Like where, what would you coach me to do there? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. And uh, I've actually thought about this a lot, right? So th this might take me like five minutes of ranting, but I think you're going to get some value from it. Please, brother, please. All right. Cool. So uh, I'll start with an example, right? So I, in the beginning, I, I do compare a lot of business to dating because they are very similar and I enjoy, you know, both <laughs> niches. Yeah. So let's say you wanted to make money, right? The standard things that you need to do is you need something to sell and you need people to sell it to. That's quite simple, right? So that tells you that the only two things you would need to make money are just an offer and traffic to that offer, right? Like if you wanted to get a girlfriend, let's say you're a good offer, you're jacked, you're confident, you're cool, you're funny, but you don't talk to any girls, you'll never get a girlfriend because even though you're a good offer, you have no traffic. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. no conversion. Let's flip it around. <clears throat> Let's say you're not a cool dude. You're not funny and you're just not a high value dude. And But you talk to 10 girls every day. You have a bad offer, still have traffic, but you don't get a girlfriend either, right? So offers and traffics are key. But the most important part is market. Because imagine if you were a good offer and you had good enough traffic, but you spoke to a market of women who are all married, then you're fucked, right? Because then <laughs> it, do it doesn't work, right? So the way I teach, well, the way Twitter is usually taught is you need to get a lot of traffic, build a big account, and then sell something. I actually think of it the opposite way. I think you better find a starving market, then you find a good offer, and then you drive traffic to that offer, which is why in my coaching program, 
the last step, it's a Twitter coaching program. And the last step is tweeting because we don't know the market and we don't know the offer. So we can't drive traffic to it yet, which is why I'm going to show you first market then offers then traffic. Make sense? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. Right. So market is a, when you want to talk about market, you want to find somebody where they already at. So you got to fish where the fish are. Mm -hmm. And what I would do if I were you is it's this Christian men that want to level up. I would ask myself, who do these people follow, right? And after I get a, I get a good idea of who these people follow, I would make a list of 100 people like that on Twitter, right? So I'll make a list, right? So you have 100. And then you know that the guys you're looking for are in this pool. You mm -hmm. collected 100 different oceans. The fish are somewhere in that ocean, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So there you go. You, you kind of solve the market situation, mm -hmm. right? Now, when people follow each other on Twitter, when you follow someone, a follow is an implicit ask for knowledge. Because why would people follow a bunch of fitness coaches? One fitness coach can get you fit, right? But why would you follow several? Because that implies that the first fitness coach you followed didn't have all the information you wanted. Mm -hmm. That's why you follow the second one and the third one and the fourth, right? So... Mm -hmm. The reason why your target market follows these 100 guys is because they want something, but they haven't found it, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. it's our job as the entrepreneur to show it to them, right? Mm -hmm. Now, it's not just like relevant to show them what they could get, as in like, for example, every fitness coach wants to get you lean, right? Every mm -hmm. fitness coach wants you to get a six pack. So it's not so much the outcome we're promising, but their path we're taking them through. Because if I gave you an option, hey man, you're going to get a fit body, you're going to have a six pack, you're going to be jacked, right? But one route implies no dieting and actually simple sustainable method. And the other one includes 4.30 a.m. cardio runs. Mm -hmm. Same outcome, which one are you going to choose, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So we need to offer people different paths, not different outcomes than what our competition's offering. So mm -hmm. you might go into what other Christian coaches are doing and you might be, be tempted to change the offer and you mm -hmm. see what they're offering and you shift it. And I wouldn't make that change yet. I would instead show the same outcome, same offer, but change a little bit of the way you're going to take them through. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Love that. Yeah. And the way I would do that is I, I just grab a piece of paper and I make my clients do this. And in one half, you write missing pieces. And on the other half, you write false beliefs. Because the reason why your guys haven't accomplished their dream outcome, which is a fulfilled life and just being happy with themselves, the reason why they're not there is either because they're missing a piece in their judgment or they believe something that's not true. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the two biggest roadblocks they have. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's do it together. Right. What are some mm -hmm. missing pieces in your client's journey? Maybe it may be that they're not, I mean, they're not following the Bible as it should. Right. Mm -hmm. Or another one is they haven't healed something from their past. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you go to false beliefs, they believe that a life dedicated to Jesus equals a boring life, mm -hmm. which means you can have fun. That's a big yeah. one. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Or it means that 
a um, a life like you promised implies that you need to be boring with other people. You can't mm-hmm. go out. You can't mm-hmm. have friends, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what you do is you create a list of these missing pieces and false beliefs. And because it's your niche, this should come natural to you. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. realize, man, there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons why people fail at this, mm-hmm. right? Because people mm-hmm. people already know how to get the outcome, right? Like if you want to lose weight. I mean, just yeah. just eat less and train more. I mean, it's not that complex, right? But yeah. it's a path we take them through that matters. Mm-hmm. So you have this list, and then after you have the missing pieces and the false beliefs, you choose the one that feels the most natural, and that is kind of the different path you offer people to their destination. Make sense? Mm-hmm. So when you say pick the one that feels most natural, between those two, you pick the one limiting belief and the one missing piece that feels most natural or like a holistic approach to what you've uncovered that feels most you natural? You choose one missing piece or limiting belief. Okay, either or, okay. Yeah, because you you want you want your brand to stand for one thing, mm-hmm. right? So then you could go from the Christian coach mm-hmm. to... The coach that shows you how to get closer to God without giving up what gives you the most fun. Mm. And then it's like super enticing. You know, it's like, oh, this guy does something different. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> like for me, it's I really teach Twitter. Uh, I, I just really teach Twitter business. Mm-hmm. My competition is showing you how to grow on Twitter, build a brand, write online. Mm. Whereas my thing is, I'll show you how to grow on Twitter without a big following so you can land clients. My focus is monetization. Mm. So just like that, that is a false belief. The false belief I tackle is people believe that growth equals money. Mm. Whereas my motto is likes in cash, right? Whereas you, and this is an example, you could go Mm -hmm. with the false belief you're tackling is a life dedicated to Jesus equals a boring life. Mm -hmm. Whereas you could go, no, you can get closer to God and experiment all the benefits from it. And yes. still have fun with your buddies. Yeah, dude. Love that. Yeah. Got it? Yeah. So just like that, you're already different from the rest. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. you already tackled the market because you find the oceans where they are, right? Mm-hmm. And you already tackle the offer because you know that you're not going to promise a wildly different outcome. Mm-hmm. You're going to promise a wildly different path. And just the path is is enough to make somebody go like, "What? what's that? Mm-hmm. Right? <clears throat> like with fitness... I know I have um, three fitness coaches in my program, right? Well, I have, I have a few, but these three are good examples. They all promise the same thing. They all mm-hmm. promise a lean body. That's it. However, one guy, he's an engineer. So he's all about numbers and optimization. And he says, the missing piece between you and your dream body is data. So he'll track everything. Dude. That's my coach. He'll track everything. And then in the end, make database decisions. I like mm-hmm. that approach. Mm-hmm. There's another fitness coach. Her name is Ali. Ali, she's all about like, you don't need diets to lose weight if you eat mostly animal protein and you're fairly active. Mm-hmm. So her approach is the same. I mean, her outcome is the same as the other guy, which is data. But she offers a different path, which is mm-hmm. no diets, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then there's a third one. Her name is uh, Daniel. So he promises also a lean body, but he's like, dude, you know what? Data is not what matters. Diet is not what matters. What really matters is testosterone optimization, mm. which is why when you log with him, he does this test and stuff, and then he'll uh, he'll show you how to optimize your testosterone and hormones and stuff like that. So anyway, people don't make such decisions yeah. so much on the outcome you promise, but on the path you promise. 
Makes same sense. outcome, different paths. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk DMs, dude. When I find that that pond that's full of all these fish, and I go in and slide into the DMs, which it sounds like is is what you'd recommend as far as getting the conversation going. What does a typical DM conversation look like that has a high chance of landing a high paying client? Yeah. So the reason why we're sending DMs is because it's your unfair advantage against other accounts because you, me, and Elon Musk have the same DM button. It lands in the same inbox, mm -hmm. right? So there, it's like a level playing field. That's why a level playing field. That's why I recommend doing DMs because it's everybody can access the same DMs on Twitter at least. Mm -hmm. So that's why we send them. And the offer, people feel like if you just craft an offer, then you'll make money. Whereas I want you to look at your business if it were a car. The offer is the wheels of your car. The legion in DMs is the motor of your car. So if some people go, I crafted an offer and nobody's listening and nobody's buying, well, how do you expect them to buy if you haven't turned it on? Mm -hmm. It's legion that'll make you the money, right? Mm -hmm. So I do recommend just right off the bat, one hour of legion and DM sending every day, mm -hmm. because if not, you're just not gonna make money because nobody totally. knows about your service, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now. DMs, what do you do? So I, let's go through a hypothetical for me. Like if you okay. were me with my context and my target market and you were going to slide into Johnny Smith's DMs right now and act, and he's responsive, what would that conversation look like from what you know? How many, how many followers do you have? Uh, 19,000 on Instagram. Okay, Twitter, I've, I'm number. super inactive, but my Instagram has been growing. It's grown by, grown by like 100% in the last year. So, yeah, let's do Instagram then, because then if you have an audience already, then it makes sense. Yeah. Right. So, let's do Instagram. The way I would do it is since you're consistently posting, I would go over my likes and comments and, you know, anybody who interacts with you, and I would scroll and see who might be a good fit, right? This is what you do for the first 30 minutes of the hour. Mm -hmm. Then for the other 30 minutes is what you do is you start conversations. And the way you would start the conversations would be in a high position because you are the influencer. They follow you, mm -hmm. right? So the way I like to go about this, it's a four-step sales script, not sales script, but kind of roadmap. Mm -hmm. First one is an intro. You want an intro and you want, want to get them to respond. Mm -hmm. Second is pain. You want to, I know, problem, sorry. You want to find the problem that they're facing. Mm -hmm. Third is you want to find the truth behind the problem because prospects is not that they are liars. They just don't give you the complete truth sometimes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like they might say, I don't have time to go to the gym. Well, you watch two hours of Netflix a day. Like you do have time. What's going on? Like there's yeah. something behind it. And then after you find the truth, you push for the call. So the way I would do it is, for example, hey, John, I noticed your comment. What resonated about it? I noticed your comment. What are you interested in? I have a few mm -hmm. trainings, right? Just get it rolling. Mm -hmm. Just talk, right? And they'll say, oh, I'm interested in, uh, I don't know. I just feel like something's missing and I feel like this piece resonated with you, right? Mm -hmm. Now you try to find a problem. You're like, something's missing? What do you mean? And then they'll tell you something, man, sometimes I feel like I'm not doing my best potential. I feel like I could do more. I try to go to church, but I'm inconsistent. Now, those are the problems. 
But what you really need to find is the pain behind it because there's some truth they haven't told you. Mm-hmm. So you probe and you ask questions. It's like, what do you mean by it's being hard? What do you mean by a consistency? What do you mean by or define getting mm-hmm. closer? Mm-hmm. Define health. Define like the point you want to get to. You want to get to the truth. And they'll mm-hmm. tell you, right? And after they tell you the truth of what's bothering them, that's when you push for the call. Your goal in the DM shouldn't be to get clients. It should be to book calls, mm-hmm. which is why I had a like a set of like procedures that I wanted my virtual assistant to follow. One of them was sales by chat, and I changed it to set by chat because you're not selling, you're setting calls, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's when I go like, oh, you know what? Let's hop on a call next week, 50 minutes. Let's see what's up, right? Yep. And then you can kind of gauge if they are really vested into the problem and they're like, this is a big issue, what you can do is you can set up an hour-long call in which you sell them. Mm-hmm. If they're not that convinced, what you could do is you could pull the what I call a triage call. Triage call is just a 50-minute call where you see if it's even a good fit. Mm-hmm. So they're like, you know what? 50 minutes, let's talk on this call. There's nothing to buy in this call, even if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Get them to call. They like it. And then if it goes well, you set a second call and you close them on the second call. But that's mm-hmm. kind of my that's kind of my process. 30 minutes of prospecting over the people who engage with you, mm-hmm. 30 minutes of starting conversations. And you start with intro, you find the problem, you find the truth behind the problem, and then you push for the call. Let's go. That's awesome, man. I love that. One of the best pieces of advice that I got, because my days have been over the last year and a half that I've been coaching, have been filled with sales calls and sales calls just feel like manipulative and yucky and just like the person knows they're being manipulated. But one of the most impactful pieces of insight that I got from a very well-established coach who charges a hundred thousand dollars a year to work with him, um, was to just start coaching people. If you invite these people onto a call, just immediately start coaching them. If they are that warm of a lead and they're on a call with you and you do your due diligence up front from, it's not like, Hey, JK, tell me about yourself, man. What are your strengths? Where are your problems? What, what do you, you know, what's your history? Like what's your relationship with your dad? Like, you know, all these different things. It's like, JK, where are we going, man? Why is that holding you back? What, why are you choosing to, right? I just start coaching you from minute one and I spend an hour changing your life. And then my offer, I don't even have an offer anymore. I just say like, all right, man, like JK, it's been awesome getting to know you, dude. Are we done here? And you, because I just changed your life, you're like, um, no, Nick, we're not done. What can I pay you? And then all of a sudden the ball is in my court and I'm like, Oh, well, people who work with me do this and they pay me this amount of money for this amount of sessions. And dude, since I adopted that strategy, A, my conversations, my sales calls, the things that are filling up my days are way more enjoyable because I'm not selling anything. I'm just serving people, just changing lives, just giving them all the secret sauce and how to cook with it. And then they... Some of them don't sign up, but I'm adding so much value to that person. They're like, damn, man, that's out of my budget. But then they go tell their friend or they go reach out to Aunt May who has, you know, money and is like, dude, Aunt May, I'm broke, but this dude just changed my life and I want more of that. Can I please borrow some money to go work with this dude? And so my my days now are not filled with sales calls. It's filled with transforming people's lives regardless of they're going to pay me because I need money, but I don't need this person's money. Right. And then second, my conversion has gone. I was like 
hitting like 50 to 60% when I was doing like 30 minute sales calls. Now that I'm just doing hour long conversations, it's like 80 to 90% conversions. So that was a complete game changer for me, dude. Adopting that sure. style. Just get right into coaching, dude. I'm going to get it. I'm going to be honest with you. That surprises me because I do the opposite. Mm. I never coach. I never coach in these calls. Yeah. I never like, I try to, yes, I try to add value, but mm -hmm. my biggest concern is trying to find the truth mm -hmm. of what's holding people back and then just propose a solution to that truth mm -hmm. because, and it may be me because I am, I tend to getting patient with people. So mm -hmm. I just go with, if people are trying to get free consulting from me, which happens a lot, mm -hmm. I just go mm -hmm. with like, Hey man, I don't do free consulting. Like, yeah, be honest with me. What's, what's the problem here? What's holding you back? Like mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's interesting because you and I have different approaches. However, yeah. both work. Yeah. Right? So it just goes to show like if so, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, well, which one should I do? Well, whichever works for you. Yeah. I mean, see, totally. like I'm way, I were more there. I'm different. You're different. We're still mm -hmm. making money. Exactly. Right? So there's like many ways to go about this. And I tell my students all the time, everything works. Like dude, there's people selling $3,000 breakup coaching and making a ton of money with it and i'm like yes surprised right i'm like i remember one guy he he does quit porn coaching and when mm. i heard about it he, he's charging 3k for that bro it's like just turn off the screen like <laughs> yeah, anyway dude. it goes to show that everything works the only thing that doesn't work is when you don't mm -hmm. that's good that. dude which People goes don't do it. right back to what you said about the perfume and the shirt sales like it's a numbers game like you have to put in the work you got to knock on the doors yeah, right? in order yeah. to get, get something back. One thing, again, that that's helped me so much that I feel like you and I are speaking to here is like just the, if you want to receive value, you need to add value out into the world, right? Like my coach tells me, Nick, if you want to make 500K, you need to put a million dollars out of value into the world, a million dollars worth of value out into the world. And it's going to come back to you because you are creating so much value for so many people and just serving these people that they're going to talk, they're going to refer, they're going to have their lives changed. And it's just going to all start coming back to you. But it, you can't expect to receive value, financial value, if you're not adding value to people. Right. And that could be with breakups. That could be with quitting porn. Like, I mean, dude, I see because I'm part of like the life coaching world and I went through the life coach school and all these different seminars and stuff like that. I come across people that are like the most niched coaches that I'm like, how are you even making money doing that? You know, like, like what? Do you have an example? Oh, dude, like uh, Mormon divorced menopause women. <laughs> Making like easy six figures, dude. Just <laughs> hyper, hyper niched, man. I mean, hyper niche. JK, this has been awesome, man. And I love how you are like walking the walk of just adding value. You've given away so much secret sauce just in this conversation, dude. And I'm super grateful for that. What's next for you, man? What's next for me is I learned from the Tweet Hunter uh, failures and, and milestones. Yeah. And I finally for once learned the lesson that it's best to stick to one business long-term. Mm. So right now I essentially told my business partner, Ryan, dude, we're in this thing for five years. So I'm just growing yeah. tweetsandclients.com, which mm. is a way in which you can monetize, not grow your Twitter account. So tweets uh, if you're interested in that, tweetsandclients.com. Let's yeah. go, man. And where, where else can people find you online, JK? 
Mostly on Twitter at yeah. one that's O N E J K Molina, and now I'm also on Instagram. So I'm starting to go Let's hard on go. Instagram. Yeah, yeah so one J K Molina as well. And the crew that you lived with in Austin has been booming on Instagram as well. Good grief, dude! I've dude, seen Dan's it. at a milli. Dan has a million followers, and that dude. Oh my god, that dude for a year. He spent sending like one or two YouTube videos a week. Dude. And their YouTube videos got like a hundred views, like yeah. two hundred views. Yeah. Now he gets like a hundred thousand views. Like dude. Nothing happened. And then he just won. And everybody's like, oh my God, you're like yeah. oh, finally clicked for you. It's like, yeah, send two videos a week for years and it probably clicked for you too. Yeah. So it's that's convenient. a great example. Yeah, it's convenient for people to say like overnight success, something just worked, he went viral. Nah. I've been fo- I started following Dan when he had twelve thousand followers, dude, last year. And like every couple months I'll check his followers and it was like 250,000. Like this was like three months ago. And then like two days ago, I didn't check it for a while. And then I went to his profile because he keeps putting out fire content. I'm like 990,000 followers. <laughs> like what dude, what is going on? But he's been, he's so consistent, dude, put in the work, hit the gym, put in the work, hit the gym, put out content. Right. So man, it's it, all he does. I live with him. I can attest. <laughs> you just described 95% of Dan Coe's activities. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. Well, I'll link to everything JK Molina in the show notes. JK, I really appreciate you, bro. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me, man. I'll see you all. All right, guys. A special thanks to King's Kaleidoscope for the music heard throughout this episode. Also, a big shout out to Capital Floats, aka my favorite sensory deprivation and float tank facility in Northern California. I'm a frequent user there and the experience is always transformative to say the least. If you're interested in floating and live in Northern Cal, make sure you use promo code LIFEENCHANTED with no spaces at checkout on their website. You'll save a whopping 40% off your first float and you will not find that deal anywhere else. Also, in regards to some of the content shared in these episodes, make sure you always consult your doctor before making any sudden diet or lifestyle changes. If you're interested in connecting with me, you can find me on Instagram at nick.carlisle or send me an email nick at mylifeenchanted.com. Enchanted.